Hello, this is Edie. Before we get started, I wanted to make sure you knew first how much we appreciate you, and that in honor of Teacher Appreciation Week, right now at Heinemann.com, you can get 15% off and free shipping on all Heinemann professional books. This offer runs until May 11th. Head on over after the episode. Some restrictions apply. See the website for details. Tell me about your life as a writer. Well, as a writer, uh, oh my, where do I begin? When I was in seventh grade, Albie Underwood and I tried to write a book called Jim Brady and the Marines. <laughs> and, and we ended, uh, I think, after two weeks. But we were convinced when we started that this would be a bestseller because uh, this was this was a kids writing for other kids. Mm. But uh, then when I was a sophomore in high school, uh, I was reading Jack London's, uh, excuse me, a biography of Jack London, uh, and it was called Sailor on Horseback. Mm. And I think deep down I wanted to do all the things that London did. Uh, such as mine for gold in Alaska and be uh, part of the sea wolf and all those things. But he wrote also. And he was also a self-made writer. And at that point, I desperately needed to know that I could be self-made. <laughs> so I said to Mrs. Dower, uh, uh, what does it take to be a writer? And the good news is she didn't laugh because I wasn't the best writer in the world. Mm. But she said write and rewrite. And uh, well, I tried that for about a month. But then there's a long time between then and when I was much older and I, uh, I survived college. I survived D plus change a typewriter ribbon on my senior thesis. It was put on academic probation, but it wasn't until really I met uh, Don Murray uh, at the age of, what was I, 43 years old. Hmm. And we talked back and forth. And finally, there was someone who could spot my voice within the garbage. Because I was writing dissertation ease. And uh, he spotted one line. I think it was, uh, I was startled by the sound of machine gun fire from the rear. That was my lead to a piece. Only it was about a boy who was producing sound effects to go with his writing. Hmm. So that that's about that phase of the writing life for me as far as growing up as, as a writer. And I found my voice at that point, hmm. sort of. And Murray helped me through the weeds and hilltops and whatever. So you talked to me about discipline and the habits of a writer. And yes. Could you just talk about what it is about writing that gets you up every morning ready to go, ready to write? Uh, it's funny, but... Uh, when I go to bed at night, mm -hmm. I can't wait for morning. Mm -hmm. This is weird, but mm -hmm. 
uh, so that the minute I sense this light, I, or even in the midst of the winter, I swing my feet to the floor, uh, run out, get my coffee, and I go to my computer. Now, admittedly, I don't start writing right away because there's a lot of email there that came in from Hawaii or the coast or somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I'm thinking about writing all the time while I'm drinking my coffee, while I'm downstairs, when I'm running. It's, it, people don't realize that the off hours when you're away from the computer, away from your writing pad, you're really composing all the mm -hmm. time. And in that instance, I'm controlling my time. It's when someone else starts to control my time that uh, I suddenly can't compose anymore. Mm. For example, when I'm running, three of my last five books have come to me when I was running. Mm. And uh, one was The Energy to Teach. That occurred in about the last 200 yards of a sprint, believe it or not. I kept trying to think of what is the research question that I could ask mm -hmm. at that point that would bring all of this energy stuff together. And it was, tell me what gives you energy, what takes it away, and what for you is a waste of time. Mm -hmm. And I was running with someone at that point, and I, I asked her that question. And she said, oh, I could go on for hours on that one. So uh, it's, it's, the, it's the life when you're away from the computer that you have some possibility of control over that allows you to write when you're not writing. I find that, but I also find that it's those notes that I leave, you know, those I'll show my students, okay, yesterday it just occurred yeah. to me that I really want to write about, and, it, and it's, I just put a note right here so that I wouldn't forget. Yes. And then when I get to my desk, when I know I can write, I See, can go from but, there. See, that's your way of writing. Right. My way of writing is I keep a journal every day, and I write maybe a thousand words. Yeah. So while I'm writing the journal, it's going, but I never have notes to refer to. Yeah. That's weird. That is interesting. Yeah. But that's how different writers are. Right. And I think that the huge challenge for teachers is that nurturing individual writing habits within that yes. classroom of writers. Absolutely. You, you, every kid in your room is different. Mm -hmm. And to insist on one writing process, oh my. Mm -hmm. It just can't work. It doesn't work. There's... Um, so many ways to go after mm -hmm. the same kind of piece. So that when a, when a teacher is composing with the children, we're not saying this is the way. Right. We're saying this is a way, one writer to another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But because I'm doing the work, it gives me permission to speak yes. in a sense of I'm writing with you. Always the same genre. You know, as we work on this project right now in my class, this is what I'm struggling with, with mm -hmm. this piece. And they see how a writer's process changes. Yeah, and they see you struggle with the writing. Mm -hmm. And that is, excuse me, with the language. Mm -hmm. Because you, in a classroom, you, one thing you do have to develop is a language to talk about writing. Absolutely. And when you have a conference with a student, it's one writer to another, not the teacher to the writer. Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference there.
there is. It's my stance with that kid. Here's an idea, or here's one way that might work. Mm -hmm. It's never do this. Do this next with yeah. this piece. Because yes. I don't believe that I know what the right move is for that piece. Yes. Because you can't tell me what the right move is for my next piece no. of writing. Well, maybe you could. No, I can't. <laughs> um, I'm curious about how your own personal reading impacts your writing. What you're reading and how that bleeds into what you're trying in your writing. Mostly I read nonfiction. Mm -hmm. Mostly I read American history. Mm. Uh, I also think, you know, last summer when I was here and it was early evening, about five o'clock, and Betty gets out the wine glasses. Oh, yes. And Billy Collins. And yes. And we sat on the deck. Oh, boy. Now, <laughs> poetry, that's another story. Yeah. Because uh, mm. uh, there's Billy Collins uh, that we read aloud to each mm. other. But also, uh, I'm on, we're on the third rereading of Garrison Keillor's book, mm. uh, Good, Good Poems. poems. Yeah. But uh, yes, poetry is is really big in in my life, and it's in Betty's life, and we chat about these over wine, and we hit maybe four days out of seven at five o'clock, or mm -hmm. or a little before, you know. So yes, the the poetry is it's big thinking in small yeah. in short space, and uh, that has had a huge influence on me. Thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> well, I have to say it was probably the most delightful part about traveling to NCTE with you last year Yeah, was the way you read Ted's poetry in the airport. Oh yes, Ted's Gooser, that's yeah. another, our poet laureate. And you didn't even notice, but people sitting around us um, waiting for their plane were tuning in hmm, to hear poetry Yeah, in an unlikely place. I want to switch to um, your history as a researcher. Yeah. into how kids write and um, your long work, 20 years worth, in this field. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about it? Well, I got into writing by accident. Mm -hmm. We were having a, a four doctoral students together and we had a little discussion about what we were going to do for our thesis or dissertation. Mm -hmm. And three of them were going to do reading. And I was the fourth one and I said, Son of a pup, I'm not going to do reading. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to do writing. Mm. I hadn't read a thing about writing. Mm. And as I read all the research about writing, what struck me, because I was a student of Piaget at the time and anthropology, mm -hmm. what struck me at the time was that uh, no one had actually sat down and watched kids write. Wow. So... I, I made a proposal and, uh, and I got lots of practice in observing children and then I began systematically to observe them right and it, it was mind-boggling. Hmm. It really was. How has your understanding of writing changed over the 20 years? My understanding of kids and their writing is that Every single study I've ever done has shown more and more what we can expect of children. Hmm. And more and more it has convinced me that the most literate person in the world 
or in that room needs to be the teacher. Hmm. That teacher needs to be reading and writing, and that has an enormous effect on the environment of the classroom. And it is that particular influence, and I see this in Nancy Atwell, I see it in Linda Reef, I see it in your room. It is the literateness of that person that has the greatest effect on the room. It's never a methodology, it's a life. The greatest saver of time in the teaching of writing is when you actually write on a topic that means something to you. And it shows that you care about that piece. Mm -hmm. And kids see what writing is for. Mm -hmm. And that's the big one. You care about it and they see what writing is for. And if you happen to talk aloud while you're writing, and that isn't necessarily a requirement, you can talk about it afterward. But, uh, you know, when you come into class and you have new earrings or you have a new pen or two new books on your desk, they pick it up just like yeah. that. They notice everything we do. Oh, I remember the story of had a new car. I was teaching. That is a new used car. <laughs> <laughs> and three boys were waiting for me at my desk. And one said, so you got a Dodge 57. <laughs> the other one said, hydromatic. And the third one said, is that the best you could do? <laughs> and I, oh my gosh. <laughs> but they watch, they observe everything. So why not take advantage of it and write with them? You could even write before class and bring it in, put it on the overhead. There are so many ways to do it. Well, I'll tell you why I didn't do it and why I think um, teachers hesitate. There were a couple things. Um, I, I wasn't a writer, and I wasn't a very mm -hmm. good writer. Yeah. And I kept thinking, you know, why not share the Ralph Fletcher poetry instead of my own mm -hmm. struggling attempts yes. to write? Um, I just didn't believe that it was going to make a difference. Well, I think kids appreciate our herky-jerky notations on paper, talking aloud about what we're trying to do, and, and, and talking about, this is a piece I really care about. And boy, there's, there's a lot of mileage to be gotten from that. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of courage to just step out and say, I care about it. And boy, that's hard to do. And, and I know for 20 years I've said in my books, hey, write with your students. Mm -hmm. Nobody does. I know that. Mm -hmm. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. I just kept ignoring that part and reading the rest of what you'd said about teaching. And I think uh, it, it changed for me when I, for one, read that you just have to write a little bit better than A little do. bit better than your students. That yeah. made a difference. And it also matters that I share process, not product. It's not yes. about really right. the piece as much as showing them how to write yes. that piece. Showing them how to do it. Yeah. Starting with the lead saying, oh, no, that's not right. Right. Those hesitations and yes. all the corrections and all the rereading. Right. Um, 
it is just modeling process and decision making. Yes. More than it is. And on a subject of your choice. Absolutely. And I think that's the beauty of quick rights. Mm -hmm. Quick rights, if you do enough of them, help you to get off the mark quickly and get your heart into the piece. Mm -hmm. Even when you're canned and from out of town and a state prompt, if you have had enough experience with quick rights, you will know how to transform that topic to your own ends. Hmm. You know, you mentioned briefly, what are some ways in? What can I do if I want to consider writing with my students? Yeah. How do I start? Well, one of the easiest places to start is, let's say I've got 10th graders or 4th graders or 1st graders. I'm going to write a piece about when I was their age. Hmm. And boy, are they fascinated <laughs> by that. You know, and I'm going to choose a story. It may be one where I took a risk and I was embarrassed or, or it was something I was very serious about. Fine. Begin that way. And, mm -hmm. you know, all you have to do is write a little better than most of them and it'll go. But also, I, I think there are ways in which we can uh, write a piece and bring it in. You don't have to write in front of them, mm -hmm. but you can write at home, do an acetate of it, put it on the overhead, and, uh, and just talk it through with the kids. Mm -hmm. This is what I was thinking here, this is what I was thinking there. But uh, with the quick writes, you know, you, you give that little paragraph or two or three lines, but they can run in any direction they mm -hmm. choose with that. That's the beauty of it. I agree. And... Uh, I think kids enjoy that bit of freedom, but within a, a text that's going to get them going. Mine also, my students love it when we share what we found oh, in the yes. quick write. Yes, so and everyone's ways. wondering what everyone else has right. done from that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm asking, how is my writing going to help them on the test? What oh. is the difference? What, why does it matter if I write while they write? Okay. If you write, they are going to see what writing is for, mm. especially if you put and write something you care about. Mm -hmm. They will see you talking aloud and they will begin to develop a language to talk about writing. And you will hear them talking with each other in the same way that you're talking with them. Mm. Further, as you show them how you reread your work, they will see, oh, more detail is needed here. Mm -hmm. uh, oops, I need better punctuation. I'll leave that to the end, but I'm going to put it in now. They're going to see you conferring with sometimes other teachers or another mm -hmm. student in a fishbowl experience. They're going to see all that happening hey, teaching is showing, it isn't telling. Teachers are telling all the time and kids tune you out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're showing, they're tuned in. And that's why it's so important to just show. I see that with storytelling, the idea of writing these stories that matter to me. I don't have to say, you know, come on everybody, listen, or focus in on me. The minute I'm talking about that basketball story that yes. they know I'm struggling with, they they're all focused in. And, and they're we have so to show engaged. the struggle, don't we? Yeah. We have to show the struggle. I've hit a wall. Help me. Mm -hmm. 
Well, but, they can say that to each other. Right. I do see my students mimic the language I use yes. as a writer yes. in their conferences with each right. other. And, and that's when we know it's taking root. Mm -hmm. And we have to develop a language to talk about writing. And your language will be different than my language, and your language will be different than our language. But it is key to get that talk in, and you can talk about it if you're doing it mm -hmm. yourself. Imagine the school where the student moved grade level to grade level and had a different writer oh, at each grade level. At each grade level. To talk about their own writing to process. To talk about their... Boy, it would be an enormous breakthrough. Mm -hmm. it, it would. And we see... And, and, and uh, this is what Linda Reef, this is what Nancy Atwell are doing, mm -hmm. this is what you're doing, this is what Dexter and Sue Ann are doing. Mm -hmm. And it works. There is a slight risk, but not <laughs> as big a risk as you think. How do you train yourself to reread while turning off the critic? How do you train yourself to reread and not just tear apart a rough draft? <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, Joe Featherstone, I said, Who do you write for? He says, I write for my mother. She thinks everything I write is wonderful. <laughs> but in a way, I hear my mother talking up here. Uh, and you, you have to be learned. You have to learn to be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm putting uh, in, in, uh, in the notebook, find words you like, find sentences you like, mm. uh, find an organization that you like. Be kind to yourself instead of being that super critic. Believe me, as you go through the process of rereading, you'll get to the tough stuff mm -hmm. soon enough. Are you making claims in your piece that require more details to back them up, more evidence to back them up? We'll get to that soon enough. Right. But let's begin with kindness for crying out loud. Yeah, I like the underline something you like. Yes. I've used that a lot with my students. Find one thing that you really like that sounds like you. Yeah, that's what keeps you alive. That, that's what keeps the candle burning. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how has your writing changed over time? Uh, interestingly, I get better first drafts. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I used to hate what I put down, you know. And I'm finding now that uh, because I rehearse so much before I get mm -hmm. to, the, to the computer or to the pad, uh, I find that my first drafts are, are much better. Mm -hmm. It's a discipline. That's what I've learned over the years. So when you think about the writing you still have to do, what's next? Oh dear. <laughs> I've got three things that I've written that my wife is badgering about, and you to some degree. <laughs> <laughs> I've written uh, the book, uh, the poetry mm -hmm. uh, about uh, fifth grade students, one classroom, many lives. Mm -hmm. And I need to go back to work on that. And I, I need to find, I don't know, somehow a central thread through that that goes and 
And the other one that I really have to work on is, uh, is the eye of the whale. Mm. I've got to go back to work on that. It's hard to go back on something that you've already done because you're not breaking new ground. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that old question of rereading the fiction mm. f to make it better. And it's the whole question of rereading the poems to make the poems better. And to some degree, I've been avoiding that task. Mm. But I think it is there in, in my future to do. Such is retirement. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to do it. Yeah.